0: Welcome to The Found Cause, where We are found our cause and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Michael, the man behind the machine, and to my right is...
1: Sebastian, the bookkeeper.
0: It's just us two today, and you might notice that we're on like a super Catholic bashing streak. I'm sorry, it, 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 for a variety of reasons that it happened. It's not some like, it's it's National Attack of the Catholic Church Month. It just so happens that we did a couple episodes in a row that were planned out before and got mixed up and changed Um, But it does seem to be getting us views, so maybe we should do more, like, themed bashing months in the future, I'm not sure. But today's episode is a series that we've planned for a while, and it's top five reasons we are not, and then we name a religion. This week's is Roman Catholicism, timely, because our most recent big view video was uh, Cameron Bertuzzi from Capturing Christianity, Converting to Catholicism, and it got a ton of comments. And then we did a explainer video afterwards explaining what we mean by works-based salvation.
1: A gentle correction michael before anyone says anything else he hasn't officially converted yet he is in the process of becoming a catechumen and then he's playing for easter i just say that because some people in the comments were saying he hasn't converted yet he hasn't... he's Whatever. on the path he's, he's on announced the path his intent to Church.
0: i don't know what you call that a catechumen somebody intended to be catechumen in any case um <laughs> we did an explainer episode of what exactly just a reminder because we've had episodes in the past on exactly what differentiates the true gospel from the catholic gospel and then any other workspace gospels of different varieties and sorts Um, i'm sure that triggers some people who who constantly in the comments say we don't believe in workspace salvation when then they quote the parts of the catholic catechism that say they do Um, but today's episode is not about that it's about five reasons that we aren't catholics so in case you haven't heard our pitch for this series before this is where we take five reasons. There are personal top fives, so they're not necessarily all, it's, it's necessarily not all inclusive of all the reasons it could be. And it's also just our opinion, man. But it's five reasons that we aren't Catholic, starting with number five and going all the way up to number one. Me and Sebastian did our list separately, so we'll see each other's list now. Um, but Sebastian, I think you wanted to give a, a soft introduction on why we do this kind of episode. Are we just Catholic bashing or is there something more to this?
1: there's definitely something more than this. We would say we share the same history as the Catholic Church. Going back to the times of Jesus, we differ, of course, on the interpretation and what has happened or how it should be interpreted, but we definitely share the same history. We look up to a healthy degree to people like Augustine, Mm -hmm. Jerome, Pope Gregory the Great, going down the church history, Thomas Aquinas, I'm like, okay. Sure, we'll throw him in there too. Anyway, we share the same history. So, it's not that we're just going back to just Billy Graham and that's it. Or just Luther.
0: He is ancient history, though.
1: I suppose. So, we want to honor and respect people that came before us that look different than us. But, um, we probably wouldn't agree fully with, and even modern Catholics wouldn't agree fully with, many of the people that came before us, before the separation of the churches. Mm -hmm. Now... To show that we're not just bashing, smashing, destroying people we don't agree with, we actually want to highlight some areas where we do agree with the teachings, the official positions of the Roman Catholic Church. People disagree. I, I was shocked how many, how much individuals disagree with the official teachings of the church, or how how much interpretation there is In our between, section. yes, yeah, between self-proclaimed Catholics. I'll leave all of you to sort that out on your own. Let's start with the easy ones. Pelagianism is terrible. 100% agree, right?
0: Absolutely, and, and officially, uh, that's an endorsed anathema by the Catholic Church. So we appreciate that, that you reject the fact that man can save himself. We both say, yes, man is not naturally good. It's naturally fallen to sin, and, and Catholics and Protestants, and any person willing to call themselves a Christian should agree that uh, Christians need saving. They don't not need saving
1: right and grace from god is 100 percent necessary right orthodox catholics protestants lutherans baptists everyone who's on the right mind should say that and wants to call himself a christian and we also reject as protestants like the catholics no loose living and cheap grace those are called antinomians we have done an episode on antinomianism people that are anti the law or holding on to prescriptions from jesus christ we would say that once you are saved, once you pro- proclaim that you know, you're a Christian, you were baptized, you partake in the Lord's Supper and Communion, that that proclamation should be reflected in the way you live your life in seeking to be um, sanctified and walk with Jesus Christ. Right, Catholics would say the same.
0: And we did a response video to Steven Anderson, if you want to see us rebuke somebody with that position. Um, We will say this, there are Protestant denominations supposedly that believe that, right? Like Stephen Anderson's denomination, but we categorically deny that they are gospel-believing Christians because they reject the gospel in that way. And so I would say if you are an honest Catholic apologist in our comments or watching that that wants to defend the Catholic Church and hate on the Protestant Church, know that the Protestant Church, so-called, has a lot of fanboy taggers on that aren't truly Orthodox Protestants, just like there's many um, so called Catholics who aren't Orthodox Catholics. So don't judge the Protestant movement, whatever you want to call that, um, based on people like Stephen Anderson, because he truly is fringe. It's a fringe belief.
1: Yes, even Luther and Calvin would have, and Swingley would have called to holy living once you are, proclaim your faith. So right. again, those people are strange. They are in the fringes. And we believe in the real presence of Christ at the Lord's Supper we disagree on what exactly that entails and what it means. But I would say, and Luther, Calvin, would have said, yes, Jesus Christ is truly present with us when people gather to have the communion and the supper. Right. Going back a thousand years ago, people have said the same thing. We disagree on the Catholic interpretation of that. We'll get to that later. But we, it, no one rejects that Jesus Christ is not present with us in when we have communion.
0: Right. Well, I mean... It- Many a Protestant church will, will harp on the t- when two or three gather together, there I am among them, quote, from Jesus. So, yeah, we all agree that Christ is truly present amongst believers. We um, debate even amongst Protestant groups, although I think it's such an old debate nowadays um, on whether or not his presence surrounds the elements, the bread and wine specifically, or if it's just around us in church. Um, I really do think it's just an old hashing of the, the Catholic versus Protestant uh, traditions there, um, not really like a... Find me the Lutheran. I guess we have found some on our videos, but not many Lutherans here in the Midwest, at least, that would fall on their sword for the doctrines around the bread and wine.
1: we talked about salvation producing good godly works, so that's excellent. And also, uh, we affirm the need for biblical church authority and that it is needed for proper Christian conduct as a community.
0: Right. Because we don't believe in just, it's you and your Bible under a tree, go wherever you want. I understand that non-educated Christians might say that, usually new converts or somebody who doesn't really attend a church. That's not the vast majority of Protestants, or at least not the vast majority of believing, practicing Protestants. And so when the Protestant church is unfairly categorized, because we're anti-Pope, we're anti-papacy, the that we are anti-all authority. It's not true. I'm under the authority of my church elders, so is Sebastian. And uh, we take the offices ordained by Christ seriously we just don't believe that the non Christ ordained offices exist Um, we believe in elders and deacons and sometimes uh, overseers of those elders Mm -hmm. Um, but in any case we don't believe in a supreme authority besides Jesus Christ himself
1: Mm -hmm. and of course can't leave this out the Bible is truly inspired and the inerrant Word of God so that's gonna be actually the source where we should derive our opinions and point to where we agree and also where we disagree
0: exactly and i think this is a way for us to find common ground between catholics and protestants and and anybody debating christianity amongst christians at least is that so-called christians uh is that you need to use the bible as your source because we all have um, different traditions that branch off and frankly Uh, I don't think we should get into a fighting match between what this patriarch said and that patriarch said, unless the debate is about what the patriarch said, which should hardly be our debates. Our debates should be centered around if we're gonna divide each other as non-Christians and Christians, um, like we would with Catholics, we should go straight to the scripture to prove why that's the case because otherwise um, we shouldn't divide if it's just a matter of opinion or it's a matter of tradition we shouldn't divide um, we should only divide if it's a matter of utmost importance which is found in scripture so we should always be debating corely from scripture and not from tradition
1: mm-hmm. i think that does it unless you want anything to add anything else no nope, let's list. do it all righty
0: so starting from number five our least important reason of our top five reasons that we are personally not catholic sebastian what did you put for your number five reason
1: I was debating on having a number six. I'm going to say it anyway, because this is really not that important. But the use of the liturgy being in Latin, I understand not every, not every Catholic does this, but there are some groups that called for the liturgy to be go back into Latin, which I think is a little bit silly, because not many people in the world speak Latin as their first language. So...
0: But it's what the serious catholics do the serious catholics listen to it in latin they don't understand latin but they listen to it in latin because that's what christ would have spoken you know
1: as some would say and we're, again we're being cheeky about this too so they don't take don't take it <laughs> don't take us literally we're trying to we're trying to poke a little bit of fun here and um i i find i i, I giggle because in the Middle Ages, it was forbidden for the Bible to be translated from Latin into vernacular. It was forbidden in the Reformation. That's John Wycliffe tried to do it in English, into English, and he was chased around by church authorities for his entire life. John Hus tried to do it too, and then he was burned at the st- for other reasons, and he was burned at the stake at the Council of Constance before the Reformation. So but I I just I just struggled because in the early church. The original language of the Bible was Greek, but guess what? People in in Gaul, in France at the time, or Spain, didn't speak Greek. They spoke Latin in the Roman Empire. So I just find it silly and ironic that the reason why the Catholic Church has its Bible and liturgy in Latin was because people like Jerome that were trying to translate the Bible and church service into something that was comprehensible for the people to be done into Latin from Greek, and there was there was a big fight over that. It's like, no, the word of God was in Greek, which is true, it was, the originals. And then there was, just so that people could understand what was happening, they did it in Latin. So that's my honorable mention.
0: Yeah, and the reason it's not on my list, uh, like Sebastian alluded to, is that it's not super commonplace in the US, especially anymore, of people doing Latin mass, for obvious reasons because you can't understand it nor could they back in the day but if they if that was the practice still that you couldn't translate the bible and you had to read it in latin i mean that's insane and that would be higher up on my list too because if you don't understand the words that are being said how can you worship the true and living god you you can't like even when i would sing in choir in in high school um, we'd sing sometimes latin words um i would learn the words that i know what i'm singing instead of just mindlessly repeating so i do not think it is a good way of worship when you don't know what you're worshiping my number five, mm-hmm. uh, very different than Sebastian's, my mm-hmm. number five is the church leadership and the the stuff around the priesthood. So, of course, you know that I don't like the papacy, like any Protestant would probably say. This particular papacy is awful, of course. This <laughs> particular pope is super liberal, um, which is terrible. I mean, there's plenty, plenty, plenty of terrible liberal so-called Protestants. So it's not unique to the Catholic Church to have some liberal person in charge, um, but being supposed the be head of the whole of the church is a totally, thing, a totally different thing entirely. And I think that any super centralized church authority is, is poor, Leadership styles. I believe God has made all of humanity. You see it in His law. You see it in His prescriptions for how you should lead things to be decentralized, to have many leaders, to have um, decentralized systems of authority. And so that's the kind of church authority that I think is the safest, so that you don't have huge, over, overreaching theological tyrants on top, which has happened in the Western Church um, and still happens in the Catholic Church today, and it happens in some Protestant churches that have the same leadership styles of one big guy in, in, on the top. So I, I totally disagree with that. I don't believe it's prescribed in Scripture. I think Scripture except prescribes the opposite, that you give many men eldership, and so that you have a lot of people to confess to, a lot of rotation of elders. And then on top of that, not only does the Roman Catholic leadership style have one priest per church usually, and then one bishop over them, and then one cardinal over them, and then the pope over them all, um, but they are not allowed to marry, which is mm. a specific... Uh, like You can argue, I guess, to the cows come home on whether or not the Bible prescribes you to have bishops and cardinals and popes. Um, but we know that the prescription for elders or overseers or bishops or cardinals, whatever you call that position that the Bible talks about says that they must be husband of one wife, and um, you know, amongst other requirements. And so the fact that they outlaw marriage, now I know officially it's not like outlawed, it's like good practice. You yes. probably know better than me as far as the official stance of the Catholic church. Um, but in any case, you don't find married priests. You don't find married popes. And that would be a disqualifying thing for leadership in good biblical christianity so the catholic leadership is my number five reason why i'm not a roman catholic
1: oddly enough the eastern orthodox they do encourage the priests to, to marry so which which is good many good things come from that that so i've been explaining to others that a married pastor is better able to understand and relate to his congregation than an unmarried one so only good things can come well, from that
0: it's also a test i mean it's twofold i think uh, probably the biggest reason is that you can witness to other married people and Mm -hmm. and lead them in in marriage when you don't know what marriage is and you're leading a a marriage seminar you're kind of unequipped Um, but two not just that i also believe that it is a good proof for whether that person is a good leader Um, as paul says he says Ah, if a man cannot lead his household how is he going to leave the household of god and so you want to wait and see if a married (laughs) man leads his household of children and his wife well before giving him eldership so um that's my general argument there
1: on the papacy I guess I would just say that while the recent popes have been i would say uh, the recent one has been decent people meaning they're not parading around in armor or having wild parties at the Vatican thankfully and there has been throughout the history of the church many immoral people such as the borgia popes that i can think of and then in, in the early church middle, middle ages the cadaver Synod in which the poor corpse of Pope Formosus was dragged out by the current Pope and then put on trial and then the guy was shouting at the bot at the dead body and then excommunicated the man and then threw it down the river and then eventually that Pope was assassinated because he was you know not very stable so
0: and then multiple times where there was multiple Popes competing and whatever else yes. so the papacy has this list of problems um, I thought it would be a little too kishy to put it as my number five so I just did their whole church yes. leadership but the papacy obviously has uh, maybe not obviously but it definitely has major problems.
1: Yes. And the reason we bring up these problems is because there is a degree to call to be subject to this authority. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, according to Catholic teaching, the Pope is the vicar of Christ, the representative of Jesus Christ on earth. So how can I submit to someone that is having wild parties, is yelling at dead bodies, or is actually teaching heresy, like Pope Honorius, I wrote, wrote down, who was later excommunicated by the very same Catholic Church for teaching monothelitism. We'd have to talk about exactly what that is. The one, Jesus, Did Jesus Christ have one will or two wills? Does anyone care nowadays? No, but it was a big deal back then, so the Pope was later excommunicated. Again, we, we're just pointing to the inconsistency mm-hmm. and also the immorality and the differing hierarchy that the Bible sets up with what the Catholic Church presents.
0: And again, that's our number five. So that's <laughs> yes. my number five. Sebastian's number five was what? The liturgy. The liturgy. Okay, so that wasn't like your bonus one? You got the liturgy? No, I mean,
1: since we're, we're, we're agreeing with this, I've said enough for, on the papacy. We're going to say my number five was Latin, the use for that's Latin. Nice. Okay. Or or the Bible as well.
0: So what's your number four? Stepping up. A bigger reason than the liturgy not to be a Catholic.
1: The claims of exclusivity mm-hmm. for... Mm-hmm. Um, it's often quoted by well read Roman Catholics, such as um, our friend that we had a debate that never happened. Uh, <laughs>
0: Talida, I, I didn't have nightmares, cold sweats about that debate. Anyways, <laughs> not, not because of the actual debate itself, because the audio problems. Oh my gosh, you would not know how many technical problems happened behind this podcast. Anyways, I digress. Yes.
1: He quoted a. In Latin, this is one uh, saying that I really that I personally enjoy "extra ecclesiam nulla salus." Outside of the church, there is no salvation. By Cyprian of Carthage, uh, what Cyprian meant would have been different than the way it's used nowadays for the Catholic Church. But it hammers down on the point: you have to be part of the Catholic Church in order to be part of the true, real Church of Jesus Christ. And any other schismatic, any other group is schismatic from that very same movement and i have a problem with that claim because all you have to do is just swim across the mediterranean and there's the patriarchs for the orthodox church that are making the same claim the one guy in alexandria for the coptics is also claiming we're the true holy apostolic church of jesus Mm -hmm. christ and then up to a point not anymore but the historians in back there were saying no we are the true and descendants on the true church of jesus christ so this ar- the argument and appeal I find very strange, not supported by history. And also it is extremely divisive because I would actually say this is a strength of Protestantism that it allows Christianity to be expressed in many uh, different ways. Catholicism used to be this way too. Like talked about Gottschalk in the 800s, how half the Catholic Church was, ca- say unquote quotes, Calvinist. And the other half was leaning towards free will, but neither of them were anathematized in their lifetimes. They were, they were, there was free debate. There was a lot of views within the church back in, in the early days before Trent. And Protestantism allows this, whereas Catholicism has narrowed down what beliefs you can express without being kicked out of the kingdom.
0: Right, and, and added a bunch of dogma uh, that you must believe to be a proper Roman Catholic and you must be a proper Roman Catholic to be saved.
1: And also, I want to add that, I've seen, and I just saw it in a comment too. That it is the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church that has given us the Bible, to which I'm like, uh, yikes. The Orthodox say the same thing, and all the other groups that I've read before. But and I've seen it. Yes, were the books and some of the apocrypha. I, mean, I got
0: my Bible from the bookstore, so I don't know what you're talking
1: <laughs> about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they say listed in Council of Carthage in the four hundreds. They were listed, yes. Pope Gregory the Great said that the Apocrypha was not inspired scripture. It's good for reading. You can get the quotes easily nowadays online. And also, I've heard that it was Luther that kicked out some of the books that are not included in the Protestant Bible, but are in the Catholic Bible, the Apocrypha. We did an episode on the Apocrypha, so watch Mm -hmm. that. In the very same lifetime of Luther, Cardinal Cayetan, the man sent by the Pope to interrogate Luther and decide is he a heretic or not. He himself denied that the Apocrypha was inspired scripture and said it is good for teaching and preaching. Absolutely. We agree. They're fun to read, but it is not inspired scripture. The Jews also wouldn't have considered them inspired scripture. So this is a point of disagreement that we have that they say we gave you the Bible. The Bible the Catholic Church did not codify the Bible until the Council of Trent in fifteen forty five. They didn't officially write it down like this is the canon of the Bible until fifteen forty-five. So
0: and uh, now just do the same thing. My number four is also mm-hmm. similar reigns, I call it a a historicity. Mm-hmm. Whatever. That word. They're not historical. Um on the same point that Sebastian said, looks like we just synced up on a number four. The claims that the Catholic Church is the one and always true belief of the, the Christian Church for 2000 years is um a common claim. Um I don't even know why they keep claiming it because it's so wrong, but I guess it's such a, a powerful claim. If, if it was true, it'd be powerful um that they keep using it because it, it tricks people, but it's entirely not true, like Sebastian just said, even if you claim that like the Bible comes from the Catholic Church or whatever else. There are Eastern Christians who've never heard of it. Now they've heard of it because it's 2021, but they'd never heard of the Council of Carthage and they had the full Bible with them. So like the Catholic church was not the beating heart of Christianity ever. I mean, it was always a big section of the Mm -hmm. the Christian church, the the church Catholic everywhere, but the Western church, the Roman Catholic church these days is not the only Christianity out there, nor has it ever been. So that's just foolish. And it's the reason I'm not Roman Catholic. All right. So we've got our number fours. We had our number fives. What's our number three? What's your number three, Sebastian?
1: My number three, the belief in the Eucharist and anything relating to that, such as the transubstantiation as well, which is the change in the substance of the bread and wine into the actual actual body and blood of Jesus Christ. And sum up the Eucharist, it is an infusion of grace that happens on every Sunday. It is a representation it is an unbloody sacrifice of what Jesus Christ did for the for Christians at the cross it is represented again during mass in in a Catholic Church so you're supposed to genuflect when you enter a church because you're that's actual God sitting there in the altar in the in in the host and the problem I have with this of course after some reading this was a novel teaching it wasn't officially codified as a catholic belief until 1215 at the lateran council and i say this because as we've been reiterating many catholics say the church has believed these things going all the way back to yeah, the apostles and, say, and tradition like,
0: read, read ignatius read ignatius you might as well tell me to read saint paul because they both say the same thing and that is the bread. they talk about the Eucharist happening and that the bread is the body and that the wine is the blood. And then Catholic's are like, see? He clearly believes that it's the true bread and body of Christ and that you should genuflect when you see it. And then if you drop a spill of it on the ground, then you need to lick it up with your tongue. Um, otherwise, you've wasted the blood of Christ and that you re-up your sins every time you uh, go and get it. And then you're like, no, you read all of that into Ignatius saying that he believes it's the true bread and uh, body and blood of Christ.
1: That's why when I start when we started, I was saying we believe in the real presence of Jesus Christ, such as what the Orthodox would say as well, and other Eastern, and other Eastern Christians. No one denies that we actually. I guess there's some fringe groups that deny the actual presence of Jesus Christ, but historical Protestants and us do believe that Jesus Christ is truly present with us, even more with when we have the Lord's Supper, because we are remembering mm-hmm. the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. which What we d- reject is the idea that the um, substance of the bread turn, or the wine turns into the actual body of Jesus Christ.
0: And honestly, to me, maybe I'm speaking wrong for Protestants, it's not really that important whether or not the, the transubstantiation actually happens. It's what the transubstantiation is supposed to do yeah. that's gospel denying, because like whatever I guess in some spiritual sense if it turns into Jesus's body and blood like I really don't care um what I do care about and the reason Catholics haven't happened that way is that they believe they're essentially re-sacrificing Christ and then reapplying his his sin payment um for the latest round of sins that you have and that is a denial of the gospel because the gospel is one final work Jesus did on the cross once for all as Jude describes it as Hebrews describes it as the word describes it and if you believe that it has to happen over and over again, even if it's referring to the same past, if your sins have to keep getting re forgiven, um, repaid for, and they're not paid for if you don't take the Mass, if you don't go and repent, um, you do not get the gospel and you will die in your sins, not forgiven from them.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a great source, probably not that many left anymore since I keep taking all the weird books, but it's from Ratramnus of Corbie or Bertram of Corbie, 840. A, the king of France commissioned this man to, a monk, to write a piece to refute the novel teaching of the bread and wine turning into the actual body of Jesus Christ. It wasn't known as transubstantiation yet. That would happen later with people like um, Thomas Aquinas doubling down on this, but still, you know, with the Lateran Council, 1215, saying you have to believe this. It, It is a must in order to be a real Christian. But in the 840s, there was a debate raging about How can you say this? The actual body, like I'm touching. If you read it from uh, from Bertram, I'm touching this. How this is? Nothing has changed from 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 the actual. It's still bread. It's still wine. It will it will rot if you leave it outside. It will rot. It will decompose. So. Are you saying the body of Jesus Christ actually rots if you just leave it sitting there at the altar? So he lays out his arguments. It's an interesting read. But nonetheless, my point is that this isn't the universal teaching of the church. It is something that developed over time with the infusion. Ah, you see what they did there? Because they infused grace. Um, The infusion of Greek philosophy in medieval thinking, in medieval Christianity. So all those categories from substance and accidents allowed for the development of this teaching so that's why we reject it too and as you said it is unbiblical it requires a re-sacrifice of jesus we would argue it goes against the teaching of the epistle to the hebrews against the one and only sacrifice of jesus christ the author of hebrews emphasizes otherwise jesus would have had to die millions paraphrasing millions and millions of times from before the creation of the world
0: to pay for each instance yes. of sin, each person in this
1: scenario. Whereas he doubles down on one and only sacrifice. So again, we would hold that would go against the Catholic teaching that we have to represent the sacrifice of Jesus in order to take away sins. We would say, the sacrifice happened two thousand years ago. There's no need to represent it. There's no need to recreate it or look back to it in order to remove more sins because right. he has done it already fully, perfectly.
0: Now there is, of course, the need to remember it and yes, to, to, yes. To, carry on the tradition given us to us by christ yes of, of remembering his death as we eat and drink but it's not a it's not an act that forgives sins yes That's the main thing i put as my number three i don't have the eucharist anywhere on here although it kind of wraps up into the justification problems so that you do it on my list my number three uh, reason i'm not catholic is the idolatry um Uh, That probably goes without saying, and Catholics probably even know what I'm talking about, even if they disagree with it, because the idolatry in Catholic churches is insane. It would make a Jew blush. uh, The Jews of the old Israel times, um, when they were putting up Asherah poles and other things in the temple, Catholics have huge pictures of non-God, not even people they claim to be God, that they kneel down to, they light candles to, and they pray to, supposedly so they can give it to the bigger God in the sky um that is crazy idolatry it's way worse than anything that they did in moses's time where they built a golden calf and said this is yahweh and they all prayed and danced around it um they do way worse because they're not even claiming that mary is god they're claiming it's mary it's just straight up mary um but we're gonna pray to her and hope she gives a good word to god anyways and they build giant statues in her honor and they light candles in front of her and it's not even it's not even just mary like if it was just Mary, maybe we would have contained the idolatry. But it's not even just Mary, because they put statues of tons of saints and they worship tons of saints. Now Mary's like the big one, um, but they also have multiple versions of Mary. If you're aware of all the different Our Lady of wherever I Guadalupe, they, Guadalupe, and tons in South America, especially Mexico, but also in uh, like Italy and other places, there it's their version of the Virgin Mary. So rampant idolatry is insane. I think it's a vicious rebuke against uh, God. And I think it's extremely offensive to call yourself Christian and to tolerate that. Even if the Roman Catholic Church um, didn't break my other top two things that I have on my list, uh, that would be a reason enough to cold cut the Catholic Church as extremely anathema. Because um, Methodists, for example, a Protestant sect we vehemently disagree with. Um, We believe there may be some safe people in Methodist churches, just like we believe there may be some safe people in the Roman Catholic Church. Um, the roman catholic church denies the gospel of course while the methodist church doesn't directly deny the gospel um, however mm-hmm. in practice the methodist church is super liberal and they don't take the bible seriously they they don't believe in, in a lot of biblical traditions and they're super gay marriage okay. that kind of church doesn't have any of the crazy idolatry in it and we rebuke them anyways because of their like mm-hmm. rampant misuse of the bible and so all the more if there is this blanket bl- blatant and blanket law breaking uh, that's done like all across the Catholic world, and it's not even like it's just tolerated by the Vatican; it's endorsed by the Vatican. It's at the Vatican. So, anyways, double is my number three. Yes,
1: for our American audience and probably British, this might seem very strange and unusual. Why? why how are we making it up? I would actually say no. I've ex- I've seen many of these processions, at least as Lisa's what they're calling Spanish, in which they pull out the image or the statue of the Saint or Virgin Mary at a certain time of the year, and then they parade it around the city in. I used to live in Lima, so in Lima, there's a famous shrine called Señor de los Milagros, Lord of Miracles, and the image of Jesus paraded. It. it also brings statues of Mary and some saints to accompany it. And then people are following the procession underneath. They're crying. They're trying to seek blessing by touching it. And we would actually say that is a pretty much direct idolatry. I
0: mean, there's arguments in Protestant circles of like, is a uh, passion of the Christ or like your your felt gram diagrams um, that show Jesus? Is that a breach of the first and second commandment of Thou shalt not uh, make another god and Thou shalt not make a graven image? Um, I would say no, as long as you're not doing the whole worship thing. That's really not the graven image; it's just like making an image depiction of Jesus. It is not necessarily a breach of that. Although I, you know, I'm willing to hear the arguments. But you know, the parading of a statue of Jesus around it and then worshiping the statue. I don't see how that's not a breach of Thou shalt not make a grave yes. image.
1: Yes, and you might be saying, okay, fine, we can disagree on that. We might say it's, we should probably not do that for Mary or any saint. Even if you get past all the Dulia and uh, Latria uh, jargon, we've, de- we've done a video on that too. The difference between Latria and Dulia, they're interchangeable in the Old Testament. So I really wouldn't go to that point because the Bible disagrees with the difference that the Catholic Church makes on and dulia of veneration and worship you might say, we're making a statue of Jesus so it is God right, so we are worshipping God, yes we may have an image to remind us of God pope leo the great said you know we use these images good intentions bad results to teach illiterate people and remind them of what jesus christ did on biblical events okay all well and good right, however we're gonna make this
0: golden cow it's a reminder of god i mean i know god doesn't really look like a golden cow but everybody pitched <laughs> in they gave a little piece of gold and we made a golden cow to remind people what god brought them out of egypt
1: and what did god do about that
0: he uh, was going to kill them all I think he, he did kill a lot of... Am I mixing oh, up my list of stories? All the I mean, there's there's several times he almost killed all the Israelites. But in any case, he doesn't kill them all. No, and for Adam, the Northern...
1: I thought you meant for the Northern Kingdom, like when he says he made two calves and oh, says, yeah, that yeah. is Yahweh.
0: I mean, that's that's also bad. But no, I was actually talking about the first golden calf incident. okay. So okay, clearly okay, yeah. God does not like this because it happens twice at least, and he, he punishes them.
1: And also, we read from uh, one of the good kings. I always mix. Josiah or Hezekiah. One of It was one of the those two from the, from the book of kings of course he just dis- got remember in the desert god commissioned the golden serpent to be made so that people could look at it and be healed that had a purpose mm-hmm. okay an a object real purpose. yes yeah. and the book of hebrews also alludes to that and the gospels too how christ must be lifted up like that serpent okay it's all well and good and then by the time of king i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's this guy don't, can correct me if i'm mistaken like one of the good kings he destroys that bronze serpent because there were some weirdos that were worshiping and had created a cult around the serpent trying to be magically healed afterwards. I don't think it was happening because otherwise it would have been reported. It's like, oh, here, touch the snake and you'll be healed. So even artifacts that were commissioned by God to be made were eventually destroyed because they had served their purpose. Likewise, I would hold, let us not make images even of Yahweh, because it didn't go well for the Israelites who did that.
0: And, and let alone all the like shards of the true cross or or pictures of Mary or whatever else. Like Those ones should be obvious trash can idolatry, and then so are weird idolatry yeah. from Jesus. I mean, again, there might be some gray area, like can you put up a cross? Um, can you put up a crucifix? Can you depict Jesus on your velvet drawing for kids? Can you make a show like The Chosen? Whatever, Like, I'm willing to debate some of that stuff. Um, but there is obvious idolatry in the Catholic Church that we can all agree on.
1: Yes, no lighting candles in front of statues or rubbing them yeah. for sea blessing. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so those are our number threes. We're getting close to the top. Sebastian, what is your number two reason you were not a Catholic?
1: The mixing of justification with sanctification in mm-hmm. Catholic teaching. We have gone over this. Oh, in the comments and I don't know we get I mean some people are so, so, so many different opinions but the, yes <laughs> You know well and good the main point of the Reformation wasn't that uh, Is it salvation by faith or salvation by works again? We slap pelages across the face together Catholics and Protestants. We cooperate in that pun intended and the difference was in the Reformation, the e- the key issue was on justification. Are you justified by faith alone? Or is it something else in addition to faith? So it was the sufficiency of grace that God gives to us through faith that saves us. And we, even, we spent a lot of time on our last video distinguishing between the two, so we would refer you to that for more details, but it is really the confusion and the misunderstanding of the roman catholic church on justification that prevents me from embracing the church as a, as the as the church right. to be a part of so the catechism says that we can cooperate with the grace of god to merit righteousness again that comes down to the confusion of you becoming more holy in your christian walk with how you are justified before god so the Bible, we argue, distinguishes between the two. You are justified, done deal, and then you continue in your walk as a Christian. That is your sanctification. But that has no effect on whether you are uh, your sins are taken away or not.
0: Right. And just to linger on it, we already talked about the last video. So this is my only lingering on it. If you think that you are Christian and yet you show no signs of salvation of course you're not Christian I think we, can, we will all agree on that and Catholics will always say that well don't you believe you need to do good works if you're a true Christian? Yes so like point to James we, we read the same Bible got it um, I know that if you don't have good works and you point to your faith so-called and it doesn't produce any works well then you're it's a dead faith that, that actually isn't real it's not going to save you um, but, if you think, and this is the core of the problem with the Roman gospel and not the true gospel, is if you think you will stand before Jesus on Judgment Day with sin, you are going to hell. That's the punishment for sin is death. The punishment for sin is not penance. It's not uh, forgiving your neighbor. It's not giving certain amounts of money to the church. It's none of that. It's death in hell. That's why Jesus had to die. Otherwise, God would have prescribed penance on earth prior to Jesus and never have sent Jesus. You, you should repent, you should do penance, right? you should do good things on earth, and you should love your neighbor, but none of that is is a payment for the sins you've already committed. So if you think you go before Jesus or God the Father on Judgment Day with sin still on you, that needs to be paid for either in purgatory or paid for um, by your own actions, and it's not paid for by the blood of Christ, You will. it will not be paid for by your own actions. You can't do it, and you can't have it purged out of you in purgatory. It is your charge against you, and you will be going to hell. That's why... The gospel is what it is, and that is that God, in Jesus Christ, fully pays our full price so that when you stand before God on Judgment Day, you are entirely paid for in him, and then you go into heaven. Your body already have been purged in death. Your physical body, the remainder of your sinful ways, are is, is dead, so you're separated from your body. You're already purged. There's no need for a purgatory. hmm This happens to be my number two as well, by the way. So we're just going to mix it up here. It's all the justification issues. It's tied up in purgatory because purgatory, the existence of purgatory necessitates um, a rejection of the gospel. And so I I combine them all to say that all these justification problems, purgatory, the continual need for sacrifice and mass, and uh, everything that goes around with justification being mixed with sanctification is also my number two reason I'm not a Catholic. Because there's no peace with God there, and it is the ultimate rejection of the gospel.
1: I have something to add to on everything we've been saying regarding justification. Some on the commenters and also people out there say, Catholics say out there, that Luther added the word alone to the understanding of
0: faith alone, alone apart from works of law.
1: Yes. Well, let's see how that holds up. I have a quote. The patriarch Abraham himself, before receiving circumcision, had been declared righteous on the score of faith alone. Before circumcision, the text says, Abraham believed God, and credit for and credit for it brought him to righteousness. That was John Chrysostom, not Luther, who also uses the word alone when it comes to faith. That was like the year 500? I, could be, I may be off, but 500, we're going to say 500. I thought Luther was the one who added faith alone or that concept of faith alone. And clearly and also there they're more from John Chrysostom too in his homilies on his exegesis of the book of Romans. The man and I would have had probably a, a love-hate relationship. He was very much against predestination, but we would have agreed on everything else pretty much. So he and the again, church fathers understood justification different with sanctification. You're justified by faith only, faith alone. You're sanctified with the grace of the Holy Spirit, and you actually do take part in that. So, yeah, I just, I just, I just giggle sometimes. And this is, I,
0: maybe we don't seem passionate enough, but we did a whole lot. we've done like a billion episodes in this. So that's why I'm not as passionate here. Um, but it is the reason why we call Catholics non brothers and sisters. they not if they hold to the the true Roman gospel, they don't hold to the true gospel. If they um, hold to real Roman Catholic teaching. They have rejected the teaching of Jesus Christ. Again, that's not to say that there are not those who consider themselves Roman Catholics who are not actually Roman Catholics by by creed, and therefore they are actually saved. So there are some that are true Christians, but by default we don't believe that they are uh, because of this rejection
1: of the gospel. One more. I have one. Another quote. But if you say, "I am justified by conscience," I'm by the will of the soul, and I reveal my heart to God. Behold. You have requested grace while not having accomplished any work or having stumbled or having fallen short because of issues. You are convinced that such a conscience is reckoned as a deed. But if you have no work, you who boast about work, why the boast? It is brought to naught. So with, and also there's more to it than that previously and afterwards, but this is from Isaac of Nineveh in which in his book, he makes the, he's a historian from the year 700. He emphasizes too in overall that there is a distinction between being justified by faith only and also by works of the law, and there's no interaction between the works that you do and your and your faith. So your justification, again, even the historians distinguish between justification and sanctification. You're justified purely on faith alone through the grace of God, and then comes your sanctification.
0: I had one of the Catholics in the comments seemed like they were saying that that the definition, the Roman Catholic definition of justification is just the same as our sanctification. And therefore, it's just a semantic difference we're having. And I'm like, if that's actually true, then how about you stop using the word justification and just switch it to sanctification and then we'll officially agree, you know, like you first. Mm -hmm. How about you just change your word? Uh, Because there's a need for the meaning of the word justification. So if if there is no justification in Roman Catholic theology, I mean, I agree. That's why it's wrong, because you need justification, right? You can't Mm -hmm. just have sanctification. You need justification. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: All right. So that was our number two reason. Mm -hmm. Our number one reason we are not Roman Catholic. Out of five, it's not all inclusive, but it is our top five list. Sebastian, what is your number one reason you are not a Roman Catholic?
1: the hyper veneration of mary
0: ah so you're going to the idolatry thing huh
1: yes for me personally and all the beliefs that have been added throughout the centuries on the virgin mary like the immaculate conception and how she not not, not just jesus but she was born without the stain of original sin
0: honestly i mean it still surprises protestants to this day i know i was surprised because i always thought the immaculate conception was,
1: was jesus, jesus. <laughs>
0: As you'd think, but no, it's of Mary, um, which is insanity. I My jaw was dropping to the floor. Because right <laughs> um, it's yeah. also a rejection of the gospel. But, uh, you know, I'm glad they don't make a dogma or anything. Oh. But they do. They do make a dogma. A dogma meaning a required belief the Catholic Church if you want to be a, a true Christian that is sinless
1: yes if you reject the dogmas on mary you are anathema you are like the same anathema that paul used on the judaizers in the the epistle to the galatians same anathema if you reject the teachings of mary so
0: which is why saint paul must be anathema because he said quoting the psalms there is no one righteous not even one
1: except for god himself
0: and mary he forgot mary
1: (laughs) i suppose or the assumption to heaven there's also and anath- there's also an anathema for that. That took such a long time to develop. I don't know why. Like for uh, uh, the convert, an Anglican convert, John Cardinal uh, Cardinal Newman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he must be rolling his grave after all the things that were added and required to believe. Again, did anyone at the Council of Nicaea believe, believe that
0: Mary got sucked up into heaven? No,
1: or was born a without one? Right. There's a uh, I don't have the, ex- the 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 first. I wish I did the original writings from not original, but uh, writings of uh, English writings of Fulgentius of Ruspa, bishop of North Africa. I would refer you to James White channel because he quotes extensively from Bishop Fulgentius. Again, ordained by the Catholic Church, bishop, not just some random and educated ordained man, writes on the that Mary did commit sin during her life and also she was came born. questioning
0: jesus that he was god i had some catholic quote quote that to me on what not not relating to mary of course but quote that that section of luke to me um, in our comments and i was like interesting you would quote the part where jesus denies his family uh, including mary um, in front of the apostles like interesting
1: right or her perpetual virginity that took centuries to develop when um, I mean,
0: those things are, are dumb to me. They're not my number one because they're just like weird traditions. Like same with the assumption of Mary. But you're you're saying they all combine to be...
1: Yes, this is all leading up to something. But right. yeah, you know, the, okay. the the reason why I reject this is because the, the curse of God is placed upon you if you reject the teachings on okay. Mary that have no biblical foundation. Like where? If you can kindly point to me in the Bible where, this, where all these things are found, I... I would happily accept them because I take the word of God seriously. So, and apparently the people that developed these teachings do not. When celibacy was becoming popular amongst monasteries, and apparently being a good Christian meant being celibate for the rest of your life, so, and being a priest too. So, and Luther actually pointed out and said, "Oh no, all professions can honor God, and also um, you should probably get married." So it's good Probably. it's good it's good for you but this was all leading up to to the desire for many to pass a dogma on Mary as her being the co-mediatrix let may say mediatrix i thought i mean i've heard of mediator but i've not heard of mediatrix i've heard of pilot and co-pilot this are is, these th- are these things related?
0: Yeah, the, the co-Jesus another Jesus? I mean, priests are al- already called alto cretus, another like Christ. Christus. So, like, how big of a deal is it for Mary to get a big promotion like that?
1: Uh, she would be. Taking place side by side with God Himself,
0: but they already do it, so I mean, whatever. I, I some like a pastor Doug Wilson out in, in Idaho has said that's when he'll finally anathematize the Catholic Church. Otherwise, because they have legit baptism, they're true Christians in in name at least. Um, I think that's insane because they reject the gospel mm-hmm. um, as a dogmatic function. He says that when they when they break the Trinity and they add Mary to the Godhead, um, that's when when he'll anathematize them. Um, I, they already worship Mary, so like. <laughs> I don't think that you need mm-hmm. to wait for them to make her officially part of the Godhead to call that wrong.
1: But they have, though. They've broken the Trinity. we talked about, they call the Pope the Vicar of Christ, which oh. is the Holy Spirit, yeah. Holy Father, which is God the Father, and also Alter Christus, as you said, another Christ, mm-hmm. which is every ordained priest is placed, there's a blessing placed and on the ordination that you are now able to perform the sacrament of transubstantiation, the Eucharist transubstantiation. Even if you convert to Buddhism or Islam, you, can, you still have the power from your ordination to transmute, 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 transubstantiate bread. I mean, so, they're
0: making up the rules. It's like a Warhammer 40k. You know? They're just like one-upping each other. So I don't know it's why supposed- they supposed just change what they want instead of making it so hardline.
1: And you won't be saying, this is so silly. There's only like two people in the entire Catholic world that worship Mary or hyper-venerate her. From Alfonso Liguri, doctor of the church. Written One of my favorite books, Glories of Mary. Excellent read. I'm just kidding. It's very, very, very... Idolatrous? Yes. Yeah. Yes. In thy hands I place my eternal salvation, and to thee do I entrust my soul. Count me among thy most devoted servants. Take me under thy protection, and it is enough for me. For if thou protect me, dear mother. I fear nothing. Not for my sins, because thou wilt obtain for me the pardon for them. Nor from the devils because thou art more powerful than all hell together, nor even from Jesus, my judge himself, because by one prayer from thee he will be appeased. But one thing I fear, that in the hour of temptation I may neglect to call on thee and thus perish miserably. Obtain for me then the pardon of my sins, love for Jesus, final perseverance, and the grace always to have recourse to thee. Oh, Mother of perpetual help. Well, if that's not worship, I don't know what worship is.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to be said about Mary, but they've done a whole episode on Mary, too. In any case, that's your number one. My number one, it'll probably be similar for most of our top fives, although I'll try to switch it up if there's a particularly egregious uh, thing about a different religion. But my number one reason. I'm not a Roman Catholic. It's a very honest one. It's just to show that uh, I do think that anybody who says they're entirely logical is not speaking truth or they're not realizing the truth. Um, Not all of us are entirely logical. And my number one reason why I'm not Roman Catholic is my personal experience. I've experienced the living God. I pray every day. I talk to God. I've experienced God. Roman Catholics also in the comments are like, I've experienced miracles and I prayed the rosary. You should pray the rosary because it must be true because I experienced miracles. I mean, Whatever, I I do think that uh, there are spirits of light that aren't spirits of light. They're actually masquerading. They're demons masquerading. So I wouldn't only rely on personal experience, but it is the number one reason why I'm uh, a Christian and not a Roman Catholic is because I they've experienced the, the true living water and that's that's ultimately why i'm a christian all the other reasons are backup reasons i think they're extremely strong and if i had such strong reasons against my personal experience i mean you, you have to weigh those things above your personal experience but my number one reason is my personal experience
1: for mine still an honorable mention but i take it for granted i suppose
0: yeah well i mean same with me and the mary stuff like I don't like that. <laughs> it goes in the <laughs> idolatry category, I suppose. All right. Well, you've heard our top five reasons why we are not Roman Catholics. Maybe you in the comments want to write five reasons that you are not Roman Catholic as well. Maybe you have better reasons than us. Maybe you have worse reasons than us. We'll be the judge of that. Uh, Sebastian, do you have any closing words before we close the episode?
1: Yes. We do this not because we enjoy bashing Catholics. We don't. We enjoy recording. a lot
0: of work. I think I spent like 16 hours uh, keyboard warrioring, responding to. Yes, Catholics. a lot
1: of work. So rather, we do it because we love and pursue truth. And the truth that we hold is from the living God himself, who has given us his word and the Bible. And that is our source of truth. That is what we base our beliefs on. Do we do it perfectly all the time? No. There are many times that we have been corrected by that very same word of God. Mm -hmm. And we believe that the Holy Spirit is able to guide us and point any Christian, anywhere in the world, anywhere, anytime in history, in the good direction that Christ wants us to go to. We look different in many ways. Again, John Chrysostom, great guy, very dumb when it comes to predestination. Come on, like, why didn't, when didn't you see it? But Isaac of Nineveh, schizophrenic Jesus, come on now. Let's get over that. So, yeah. we, we're we, like all Protestants. We hold true to the essentials. And we are okay with having differences in non-essentials, like the way baptism, the way churches run, how, etc. You get the point. Likewise, we also say that even within the Catholic Church, there are many people that may practice, look very different than us, but are saved by the very same Jesus Christ. But this is in spite of the official, on paper, taught teachings in the catechism council of trent vatican councils that have happened today any other council that you, you may think of so it's in spite of that so
0: yeah and i'll say i'm probably less uh, generous than sebastian there i think it's a very small portion of so-called roman catholics that are actually saved yeah uh, because i mean a lot of people consider themselves protestants or I think it's a closer christianity and they i would not consider them saved because they're just they're not the cultural christians and so uh there i i only say this because i don't want you christian at home to be confused by a roman catholic who says they believe in faith alone or whatever else right they'll, they'll say a lot of things either because they're untrained or they are extra trained um, and i think you have to be very specific just like with a mormon or a jehovah's witness who will use the same christian language to sneak in to christian circles because they know it's how you get into christian circles or maybe they don't know any better and they've been trained by individuals trying to do that on their behalf so when a catholic says they don't believe in works and and faith, they mm-hmm. don't believe that they both give them salvation, but then they go on to describe how they actually do in practice. Um, don't be deceived by them saying they don't believe in faith and works. They do. That's that's the doctrine. Um, so similarly, when they tell you that they believe that Jesus is their personal savior, that they have accepted Christ, and they, they use all the evangelical code words, don't believe them on face value because these are the pitfalls. The pitfalls are the rejection of the gospel. It's underlying those. So they might use the code words and don't be deceived. So I'd say it's a very small portion of Catholics, not yes. many. I guess it depends on the definition of many.
1: Yes, that's why it's wise to ask, what do you mean by that? And then you can see from there, Saying, like, oh, is this person confused and still identifies as Catholic, even though actually understands Christianity in a, want to say Protestant in a generic Christian sense, not uh, bound by the doctrines and teachings of the Catholic Church or is it just a play on words I th- but it's worth having that conversation for sure again I remain hopeful but yes I understand that number is clearly not even close to the uh, half a third probably a tenth I don't know we'll say a tenth you know we'll be <laughs> I'm not gonna say a tenth but <laughs> we'll see <say you laughs> oh my so we do it for the love of truth and we do it to call people to able to enjoy true peace with jesus christ not the treadmill or the hamster wheel however you want to say it or your constant booster shots mm-hmm. through the infusion of grace that the catholic teachings require of you but no idolatry please and also you can have a proper good solid permanent relationship with the very same god that we worship jesus christ
0: Amen. That's why we found our cause in serving that very same Lord Jesus Christ. I have been Michael, the man behind the machine. And to my right has been
1: Sebastian, the bookkeeper.
0: Thank you for listening. If you want to see the rest of our episodes, including the ones we referenced today, you can go to foundcause.podbean.com or foundcause YouTube somewhere. I'm forgetting our URL. And we're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash foundcause uh, to find all of our episodes. You can download them sometimes on like Podbean. And we're also on Spotify and iTunes, wherever else you might find us. I'm sure you can find us. You're a smart person, right? Uh, until next time. We talk about something completely different. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.